Hi, welcome to Sage Micro Practice Macro Solutions. We're so excited to have you on our very first podcast here at the Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel. Aren't we fancy? My name is Chalice Elking, and this is my sister. I'm I'm Dr. Megan Elking, and we're the co-founders of Sage. We're very excited to have you here today. What we're going to be talking about is why you might want to consider opening your own micro practice. So, Megan, I'll let you just say a little bit about your qualifications. So, I work in Alberta, Canada, and I have been running a micro practice in Canada, in Alberta, since right after graduation. So, for about 13 years. And as far as I know, I think I'm I started the first micro practice in Canada. Perfect. And my name is Chalice and I am Megan's sister. I've been with her since the beginning, helping her set up her micro practices. She's had a couple different ones on the go and is currently running a group micro practice. And I have a business degree from the University of Saskatchewan and also I'm a power engineer. So the topic of the day is what a micro practice is and we really wanted to introduce you to what a micro practice looks like in Canada. It's something that's more popular in the States but something that Megan brought into Canada. So Megan I just wanted to start a little bit about the story of you as a doctor, as a physician in Alberta. So can you tell us about graduating and where you went to school? Sure, so I did my undergrad degree in biology on the East Coast in Canada, in Nova Scotia, and I did my medical school training in Edmonton at the U of A, and my residency through U of C, the, the rural stream, so I was down in Medicine Hat, and for about half the time, the other half the time, I was in small towns in Alberta learning. I locumed for several months when I first finished, which was a, a good experience, it was a great clinic, but I really realized how totally exhausting being a doctor in a traditional clinic can be. And I found myself as a new grad, not just because everything was new, but just the pace of medicine was was tiring. And I just, I felt like I never had enough time to connect with patients. And I just felt kind of frustrated and I was like, I was scratching the surface all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's when I kind of knew I, we, we needed to, to set something, something different. Right, we needed to set something up different because I knew I, I, would gonna, I was going to burn out otherwise. You've talked to me in the past about the rat race of medicine. What do you mean when you, when you use that term rat race? So obviously a micro practice can apply to anyone, but I'm going to speak as a, as a physician and, and maybe specifically as a family physician. It's that turnstile, can you get out of the room in under five minutes or under 10 minutes because you have... 30 or 40 or in the case of a walk-in clinic 100 more people to see that day and it it feels like you're on a hamster wheel and you can never get off uh, and you're never really doing a good job and it's it's mentally and emotionally absolutely exhausting and that's something that's really rung true I think with a lot of our past Clients. practitioners that we've yeah. worked with they really have felt that pain from the traditional style of medicine yeah, yeah. So why don't you tell us a bit more about what what were some different options you considered when you were when you had graduated and you were looking at what kind of practice you wanted to set up. So I, I think partially through my rural training, one of the things I really loved about medicine and family medicine, particularly in rural communities where you wore every different hat as a physician in the in a community, was the connection you had with patients. And so I kind of knew like like early on into residency, even even before residency and why I went into family medicine was to be able to connect with patients and provide them 
a long-term relationship with me, right? Not a one-time, but a, an ongoing relationship. Mm-hmm. So that, for me, that was really important. And I kind of had that prioritized in my mind as I was looking at different practice options. And, you know, I feel like what, what happens as a family medicine resident is kind of the only option that's out there. <laughs> is what everyone else has always done, which is the traditional practice. And whether that be solo or group, there's a reason that docs, that family docs, run things the way they do. And it's because without this model, at least I hadn't found a lot of other financially viable options to like actually practice medicine. But I knew that it wasn't going to be what I wanted, right? Mm-hmm. I knew I w- wasn't able to connect with, with patients enough mm-hmm. in a traditional practice. So... Can you tell us a little bit about the, before we get into the what is a micro practice, can you tell us a little bit about what it felt like taking that plunge to decide to set up <laughs> your first micro practice? So we talk a lot about this in some of the courses that we, that we offer, but it was terrifying. We're sisters. We have a very inventive, creative dad, and I remember torturing him for hours, and I think I tortured you as well you for did. hours, <laughs> about different types of practices, different ways to set a practice up, because... The alternative just felt so awful mm-hmm. for me. It really pushed you to make a decision to oh, do yeah. something different. Yes. Even and though it was so scary. It was really scary. And what I told myself, this is what actually, this is a foundational thing. I thought, if I hate it, if this is a total fail, mm-hmm. I can just convert this into traditional practice. Like, mm-hmm. I, I knew I could do that. You can't really go the other way quite as easily, but you can definitely go from a smaller type model to, to a traditional practice. I actually assumed that it wasn't going to work. I thought, I thought through everything as much as I can, but at this point, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try it. And if it sucks and I hate it and, or it is a total disaster, then I'll just, I'll hire a secretary and convert to a regular practice. And that's always an option for anyone that we talk to, right? Absolutely. But it ended up being this like delightful, exciting, yes, terrifying, but delightful and exciting experience where like you guys heard me say every week it worked this week worked and like I got to meet new patients and I like I'm ahead of my paperwork and I I'm learning how to do this and it was really exhilarating sorry and just to explain Megan currently runs a micro practice mm-hmm. this is this is her style of doing things so when we say she's in a group micro practice right. now what we're talking about is that she works with three other doctors in the same space, but they all run their own separate micro practices. Mm-hmm. Right. So really taking the plunge and actually becoming mm-hmm. a micro practice doctor was based a lot on, it was driven by emotions it sounds like, but it was decided based on the financial mm-hmm. ramifications and about you living your life the way you wanted That's to. That's right. Yeah, those are my big considerations. I knew, I knew that I had to be able to be financially solvent, like mm-hmm. I, I figured out what the numbers needed to look like. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to trust those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they work out <laughs> quite nicely. And it was my knowledge of, I know I'm not gonna do a traditional practice. I know that I, I am going to burn out. I saw many of my preceptors burn out and stop caring. And I don't fault them for that. It's really hard to run a traditional practice, take home a paycheck and not burn out. So though there was emotion, though there was fear, and then actually excitement through the fear, it actually was a very rational thing that I did, right? And part of that's because I asked in my life, the experts, I ran some of the business numbers mm-hmm. by you. I talked to our dad about, about, okay, poke holes in this, like what's not gonna work about this? 
and so though there was emotion in it it was a really rational decision yeah for sure and if anyone is interested in learning more about when we talk about crunching the numbers and figuring out the financials you can feel free to head to our website sagemicro.ca where we have with some information about the financial difference between a traditional practice and a micro practice some pretty great numbers in there I think you'll find surprising and helpful so digging back into what a micro practice is how we typically describe it to people is a low overhead low volume patient style practice can you talk a little bit more about what that is so what I always say is the foundational piece in my opinion and I think most micro practice doctors would say this the core tenant is that you need time with patients maybe you don't need half an hour or an hour with every patient but you need to have that availability and you need to have the flex to be able to have a good relationship with patients and do your job well have time to do your job well and think so with that the point is to run an efficient practice but efficiency isn't for efficiency's sake efficiency is so that you can have time to spend with patients so it's a low overhead that means you figure out how to pay less for how, for the cost of running your clinic in order to be able to afford to spend a lot of time with patients. And all of that, in my mind, really centers around that concept of like patient-centered care, right? We all learn it in school, but this is true patient-centered care because patients want time with you. They, they want to be able to do more than one problem at a time. So low overhead low patient volume, volume, aka you're not practicing hamster wheel fat, rat race medicine and the point of it is to focus on relationship with patients and time with patients. So the other thing I kind of wanted to cover with you in this introduction of what a micropractice is, yeah. is what your typical day looks like as a micropractice doctor. Sure. So it is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so I typically show up usually half an hour before. I don't have to, but I like to check my results and make a couple calls, do any of the little administrative things that I have to do. So I ever rush, I always have time. So I might show up half an hour before, but often I'll show up moment of, like I'll open the door and my first patient comes in. So my hours are nine through four and I take an hour off for lunch. Patient is in the waiting room for me. They know they'll let themselves in. <laughs> they sit down, I come get them. I immediately know who they are. I mean, I have my scheduler, but I know them personally anyway. And we have half an hour or longer. If they book two appointments, they have an hour and we get to talk about all the concerns they have. And in turn, I get to actually talk about the concerns I have for them. So if I have a list of things, if they're due for things like a mammogram, I have time to address that. So I usually would spend 20 to 25 minutes with a patient pending it's very flexible then I say goodbye to my patients I give them what they need and then I have in that allocated appointment to actually do my charting write any referrals that I need to and so because you're doing that do you do any paperwork when you come home at the end of the day never so how many hours do you actually spend working every day that you're in the clinic if I show 8.30 to 12, then I take an hour off for lunch. If I'm really busy and I have paperwork, I'll do a bit of paperwork over lunch, but that's that's just my choice. Like, that's rare. And then 1 through 4, and 75% of the time, on the nose with my last patient, maybe the other 25% of the time, an extra 15 minutes. And how many days a week do you spend in clinic? Four days. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So eight hour days, four days a week. Yeah, right. And I know no one's gonna believe this, but do you make enough money to support that? I, I probably bill more than most family doctors that I know it not walk in, but but seeing traditional a traditional family reasonable family practice. practice. Mm-hmm. And I definitely keep more because my overhead's lower. So actually financially this can be a really great move. So you keep more money than most traditional Yes. Doctors. Yes. While working four days a week, eight hour days with no paperwork at the end Correct. of it. I just want to get that point across because no, no one, no one believes us. No, yeah, nobody does. But, but when we, when, when they figure it out, they're like, "What? We could have been doing this all along." Yeah, exactly. So, thank you so much yeah, uh, guys, for, joining for joining us. us. It's been great. We're really glad you joined us today. If you want to find out more information, please go to the description below. We've included some links to the freebies we've talked about and our website. And please stay tuned. We'd love to see you guys again. We're going to be putting out lots more of these podcasts with information about what a micro practice is and why it might be something you want to consider. 